You're listening to Environmentally Speaking, a weekly podcast diving into legal matters surrounding the environment, public utilities, energy, zoning, and permitting laws in Rhode Island and the surrounding areas with your host, Marissa Desitel. Good morning, everybody. Good early morning. It is 7.30 a.m. Um, so we have a earlier than normal record time today. Uh, my name is, oh, what am I doing? It's too early. Marissa, help me. <laughs> Good morning. I'm Marissa Desitel. This is Environmentally Speaking. And you are Clarice. I am. We are recording early because I'm on the road to the Rhode Island Department of Environmental Management. I got to get there right when they open at 8.30 to conduct a file review. Ooh. Can you tell us a little bit about what a file review is before we hop into our topic? I can, but let me preface that by saying file reviews are not our topic today. No. So if you got real excited hearing me say file review, sorry, I think we have <laughs> another podcast or video or something that talks about the Access to Public Records Act um, that we could point you to. But the brief overview is that if you want to review any public documents, that any state agency maintains, including the Department of Environmental Management, you submit something called an APRA request, A-P-R-A is the acronym, and it stands for the Access to Public Records Act. An APRA request is a form that you fill in and you indicate to the agency which files you're looking for. For purposes of DEM reviews, you also indicate which program you're you're looking for files from, you submit it to the Keeper of Records, very Game of Thrones title there, but the Keeper of Records then replies to you and you go through this process of narrowing down sometimes what you're looking for and then you schedule a time to come in and sit down and actually go through the files. Usually in these cases, you're looking for as an attorney, you're looking for specific documents because you've already identified some kind of risk or liability and you need to know more about it. Yeah. And we do have a, um, we do have an episode talking about access to public records and related to the open meetings act. Um, Lord, I remember APRA requests. Well, um, our office does, yes, the office does a lot of them, but that's tangentially related to today's topic. Today's topic is a little bit more um, literally related. So what are we talking about today? Yeah, and I was going to say, good use of the word tangential, by the way. I was going to say that, why, you know, we do a podcast every week. Why in God's name couldn't I get my act together and not be in the car? Well, I'll give you the answer to that. Number one, I usually cannot get my act together. And number two, I wanted to talk about the historic flooding that took place on Route 95 in Rhode Island this past week. And I don't know, I thought it was kind of neat that I'm going to be in that same location and talking about the flooding that occurred a few days ago there. Yeah, I love it. I think this flooding was... Um... For those of you who have looked it up already, uh, who know about it and seen the pictures, they were really jarring photos. Um, for those who haven't yet, um, definitely look them up, take the time to to kind of get a sense of what we're talking about today. So I thought it was a cool topic. Um, can just by way, any, can we link any of the photos from the local news outlets in the show notes? 
Yeah, absolutely. We'll throw some of those photos in for you guys. Um, just by a little side note, a little safety note, we are recording camera off, hands-free. So it's, um, so we're still good. We're still kind of respecting those spaces, but tell me, tell me more about this flood. And by hands-free, let's just clarify that my hands are on the wheel. Like I am actively <laughs> driving the car. Hands-free means it's recording through my Bluetooth. You don't yet have the yeah. fanciest Tesla. <laughs> no, I don't. Um, so go ahead. You were going to provide some background, I think. No, I was going to say, tell me about it. Tell me oh, what okay. happened. Well, I'm, ex- I'm excited to learn. I to start by saying... Um, I thought it was very interesting that when I approached you, Clarice, with this topic, your response was, what's flooding? And you live right over the border in Massachusetts. So I thought that was remarkable that in Rhode Island, it was such a big deal. But just over the border, you folks didn't necessarily hear about it. So here's what happened. It's it's Rhode Island. It's the summer of 2022. We have had a very dry summer season. Mm-hmm. I think we are we are lacking something like five inches of rainfall that we would customarily have at this time of year. So everything's real dry. There's been a lot of uh, fire, um, high, high, high fire possibility advisory um, warnings that go out across the state. You might get a warning on your phone or through your weather app. And mm-hmm. the the Department of Environmental Management, I believe as well as the federal government, issued a few orders this summer saying if you are camping anywhere in the state, you cannot build a fire at your campsite. There's just too much risk associated with the fire accidentally getting out of control. And that would you know, we'd have a situation like California on our hands with um how dry everything is that it would just create a, a huge risk and in mm-hmm. fact there there were a few major forest fires in Rhode Island this year that luckily they were able to get under control but uh, I've not I don't recall ever hearing about that kind of thing previously no I haven't um, heard of any um, any major massive wildfires thankfully everything's no. been controllable We've been very lucky. On the other hand, you've got this severe weather event that occurred last week. We we had one of these weather events that occurred last year, but it, it was it was later in the year. It was during the fall, so it's it's unusual in August or September to have so much rainfall in a very short time frame that it actually flooded Interstate 95 in Providence at what's called the Thurber's Avenue Curve. Granted, the Thurber's Avenue Curve is exactly what it sounds like. It's a curve and mm-hmm. it it banks, if you're heading south, it banks to the right and down. And it was in that in that sort of downward depression of the highway that uh, watered just flooded in, rushed in, and shut down the highway for several hours. I highly recommend that you take a look at the videos of 
of this particular situation with the people that tried to still go across the flooding. Um, and I, I'm not talking about people that have a Hummer or a, a, an all-terrain vehicle like a Jeep. These were folks in uh, a Honda Civic. Nothing against Honda Civics. I had a lot of them, but I wouldn't drive it into a, a pond. And, and that's kind of what it became. It became a, it just for a, a brief, I mean, for a relatively decent amount of time, considering that it's a highway, it became full of standing water. And this Thurber's Ave curve is not yep. a low traffic area. Um, it always amazes me to see folks, like you said, with the smaller compact cars, with the sedans, you know, your Corollas, your Civics, things like that. And they just think, well, I got to get to where I'm going. <laughs> and they try to drive through it. Yeah. Yeah, don't try to drive through a flooded anything. No. Ever. It's just not no. a good idea. For a thousand because, reasons. You know, for, for, for a thousand reasons. One of them being, so we're talking about an historic amount of, of rainfall that somehow made its way to the lowest point in the area because that's how stormwater flows it try its gravity um it, it, it's gravity flow it, it goes to the lowest point what if it was still actively raining and I'm, i think it might have been actually so but take the what if out it was still actively raining what if there was another storm surge and you're trying to cross the middle of a flooded area your car's gonna stall and then here comes the next surge of water you know mm -hmm. it's just uh, uh it reminds me a lot of these apocalyptic movies like the day after tomorrow and and uh yeah climate change scary movies but geez i've never seen or heard of this area experiencing a flood like that so we're not too far off i'm not saying the world's gonna end tomorrow but we are seeing storms of greater intensity duration and frequency on top of the, the other severe weather events, which was the drought. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And to help some folks get a visual, it's from looking at the photos and going back through it, it looks like at its highest point, it was about at um, a sedan's window. So picture yeah. most of the door of the car being completely submerged. Um, looking through it, it also, it took, I mean, not no surprise there. It took working all through the night to help kind of clear this up as much as you can. Yes. Yeah. And I'm glad you just, I'm glad you just mentioned that. Sorry to interrupt you, but um, I would like to give a little shout out to the Providence Fire Department. They were working constantly to assist people as well as state police and Providence and Providence Police, but I give the particular shout out to the fire department because we've got a few active listeners from the Messer Street station that are somehow very interested in things like solar power and uh, some other random topics that we talk about. So if anyone's listening at Messer Street, thanks for following and, and thanks for essentially risking your lives every day, especially now you've got to deal with um, servers out flooding. And if any of you guys have any special topics you want to hear, we would be delighted to cover them for you guys. Um, True. But I just do you have any idea of how folks can or how these um, 
these emergency response folks are coming in and helping relieve the problem. I know there's the idea of like hoping to pull people out of cars and making sure people are safe, but is there anything that can be done to all of the actual flooding water? Is there a way to pump it out or do we have to just let that ride out? Yeah, I immediately... I'm a weirdo, I immediately had this vision in my head of all the emergency responders with buckets <laughs> forming a line across the highway and just trying to bail out. No, there's no there's no way to to pump the water out. And that touches on an issue that I wanted to talk about with respect to why did this happen? I mean, we get we get hurricanes, we get weather events. Why in God's name did this water suddenly make its way to this particular spot on 95? It's because, number one, the topography, like I mentioned, stormwater is gravity slow. It's also right next to the Providence River. The water always tries to make its way to the next uh, closest down gradient body of water. And clearly, the stormwater controls in place on this particular stretch of 95 could not handle the amount of flow and the amount of time that it occurred. So when you're driving on the highway or um, on, on local roads, you'll see catch basins on the sides. Uh, it's a great, it's a metal grate. Sometimes you'll see a, a curb cut, which just mm-hmm. looks like it's where uh, Pennywise the Clown pokes his head out from and the Stephen King it. That's called a curb cut. And that means that stormwater is meant to go there. It's meant to, to cascade down through the curb cut. It's meant to cascade down through the, the metal grate. There are best management practices associated with these types of conveyances, but for the most part, they just collect everything that's on the street, including water, including salt when it's the winter months, including any trash or, or discharge from people's cars. So it's not, we've talked about stormwater before, it's not a perfect design situation. And with more flooding and, and storms coming, these issues are going to be exacerbated. Um, but the, the stormwater conveyance infrastructure that exists at Thurber's Avenue was not meant to handle this type of flooding situation. It's just too much water. And everything's paved. It's got nowhere to go. It's not gonna it's not gonna sink into the soil, you know, it's not gonna um, permeate down into the groundwater table and then make its way somewhere else. It's just it's just gonna sit there because it's got nowhere to go. It's mm-hmm. like a tub with a very small drain. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you said, the it's not going to soak into the pavement. So in high spots, that wa- it's going to turn into a slide for the water. And in the low parts, like you said, it's going to become the tub. Oof. Yep. Well, that's, um, it was a, a wild and interesting bit of news to read about. And I am a little embarrassed to say over in mass, it wasn't, it definitely still made the news. It was definitely still something that people were reading about. Um, it was just a huge deal in Rhode Island and being on the outskirts, it was cool to hear about secondhand. Well, and Rhode Island's such a, a small, odd little state that anything like this that happens is a big deal. 
talking about it. Um, I think maybe the, the size of the state factors into how much attention they've got. But from an environmental perspective, environmentally speaking, it's a it's a it's a shock because mm-hmm. we knew we know climate change is happening. We've known about it for a long time, but to actually see it in in my lifetime is really upsetting for me. Yeah, it's scary. Um, it's definitely it's yeah, it's definitely jarring. Um, but yeah, Rhode Island. I like how you said Rhode Island is an odd state, uh, knowing yep. that we covered on this podcast an episode uh, where we talked about an article about plogging. So yeah, Rhode Island is a weird state and it that's what yeah. makes it charming. <laughs> Great. So once again, thank you to, to all the first responders who went out there. Um, again, I, I said it before, seeing that flooding, my gut reaction would be to go as far away from it as possible don't want to be near it, don't want to even be on the highway. So for those folks to say, yep, this is where we're going, we have a job to do, um, it's really incredible. So thank you all the folks who went out and and helped make sure everybody was safe. That's a really um, important job, to say the least. Also, that being said, if anybody has any topics, requests, if you guys have any comments about this, were you near there? Do you live in the area? Did it ruin your commute? Um, tell us about it. I want to know more. Uh, you can reach us on all yeah, of the social channels. I do too. Yeah, that'll be some firsthand stories. Um, if your firsthand story is you drove your Civic head on into the pool, um, I definitely want to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really want to hear from you. <laughs> but yeah, you can hit us up on all of the social medias at Desatel ESQ. You could also reach to reach out to us by email at help at Desatel ESQ. I haven't said this in a while, but like, subscribe, and share. It keeps our podcast running. It lets other folks know we exist, and it expands our pool of topics. So thank you, guys. You have a great rest of your week. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of Environmentally Speaking. If you're in need of an environmental attorney, we are here to help. Call us at 401-477-0023 or visit our website at www.desatellaw.com. That's www.desatellaw.com.